This is Life After a Coma, Living with TBI, a podcast about traumatic brain injury. My name is Nicole. And my name is Brandon. I had a severe traumatic brain injury that changed my life, and I want to shed some light on one of America's most common killers, head injury. Traumatic brain injury deaths in 2014 numbered just under 57,000. ER visits and hospitalizations were at 2.8 million. Millions of people are living with TBI and don't even know it. Join us through injury, recovery, and a return to a new normal. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Nicole. And I am creating a podcast series specifically aimed at caregivers. Um, I know how hard it is to be a caregiver. And I know how hard it is to get through the initial crisis and the initial trauma of your loved one um, being in the hospital and going through recovery. So this podcast is really for those mothers, fathers, friends, spouses, loved ones who don't know what they can do to either help a caregiver or support their loved one in these rough times. So stay tuned. I'm not sure how long this series is going to be. There's a lot for me to cover, Um, but we'll just call this the beginning to our group support. Okay, so welcome back. If you're still here with me, thank you so much. Um, Consider supporting us as we navigate these tough times with COVID-19 and, you know, life in general. Also, consider visiting our website, our web store, getting involved in the community that we're trying to build where everyone can talk and communicate and share their experiences. So today... I am talking with caregivers about caregivers. Um, what does my life look like now? Uh, <laughs> this is honestly an interesting topic because I don't think that my life today, right now, is the I- ideal. But it's also it's more optimistic than it should be. Um, not everyone is going to turn out like me. And, you know, I wish that we were in a better place, but I also know that there are people worse off than us. I wish they were where we are right now. Um, But with that disclaimer said, I'm very grateful for where we are right now. And I recognize our privilege um, and our, you know, well-being and, and how we got to this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm really trying to say there. It's just that I guess I'm trying to say, don't, um, think that, you know, you hear my story and that, you know, you can get to this point as well for yourself and it's, it's going to be fine and everything is going to be dandy and a-okay and you can live exactly like I'm living my life. You know, that's never the case. I would be lying to you if I said that that was true. We don't know. We don't know how any case is going to show itself. 
you know, in the recovery process. And I don't even know you or your life decisions as an individual, if you would be able to get to this point in your life. Okay, so disclaimer made. Where am I right now? So in the first year, I spent eight or nine months flying in hotels and in hostels, living out of a duffel bag. I probably was on a plane upwards to 100 times, which is way more than normal. And I hate planes. I had a phobia, you know, prior to all of this. Now I don't. (laughs) It's one good thing that came out of it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, once we were able to get him to come home and I had... The ability to not worry, things weren't so desperate, everything's going to be fine. He's making a recovery and he's an inpatient and I can just, you know, focus on my life again. What happened at that point? You know, we got out of panic mode. We got out of living every day, day to day. Um, dealing with all the fallout to, to today. So how did I get from there to here? all kind of a blur honestly but I think one of the things that I did that made a huge difference was part of the advice that I received from a mother at the military base in San Diego she's partly responsible for where we are right now Um, her daughter was in the ICU at the time and this mother was uh disabled she was in a car accident and she lost uh you know feeling in her her legs so she was in a wheelchair she was you know getting all over the place just fine um and I started talking to her and learning more about her story and everything and one of the things that she said to me was that you can't you can't baby him or her you can't baby them when they start recovering, and they will, when they start, you know, going through the rehab process, don't do everything for them. You make them do it themselves. And they're going to be angry with you, and they're going to lash out at you, and they're going to be so upset that you're not handing them a glass of water to drink or putting on their socks for them or whatever is the situation. But if you look at them and you know you know that it's going to be hard, that they should at least try. Don't do it for them. Don't, don't do it for them. Let them do it themselves. And so I took that to heart. I took it so deeply to heart. And I'm so glad that I did because I am a very nurturing type of a person and I love taking care of people. It's very fulfilling for me, you know? Um, and I could see myself getting wrapped up in that caregiver mindset. In fact, I was, even though I was forcing myself to back off and let him do things for himself, it was very difficult for me to step back. And it still is sometimes. Um, but it was so good for me to step back, not just for him, but for me to get to that point where he's got this. He's good. He's all right. He's going to get through it and he doesn't need my help. He's going to be fine. He could put his socks on just fine. 
I've seen him do it before and it's painful and he's impatient, but you know what? I'm not doing it for you today. Being able to back off like that got me to where I am to this point where I can go to work and not, you know, worry 100% about him. I do still worry sometimes. Obviously, it never really like goes away. <laughs> I'm kind of like crazy now at this point, but I, for the most part, live my life. You know, I can live mostly worry-free. And for some of you, that might look differently. It might look like trusting a nurse or a, another family member to take care of your loved one. But being able to just let go is a huge part of being able to move forward with your life. And as scary as that sounds, because it is terrifying, <laughs> I know, it is so crucial. You're not going to be able to control everything, and you're not going to be able to prevent bad things from happening forever. Um, I think that that is advice that we all should live by, regardless of the situation, injury or not. You can't control everything. You just have to trust that at this point, at this time, they are okay where they are, and I am going to just focus on podcasting or writing my novel or drawing that art piece or going to work and being a good worker at whatever it is that I'm working at, allowing yourself to detach and, and just letting yourself focus on something else will help you to get to the next level. And that next level might look like, crap, oh my god, I have anxiety, or I have PTSD, or I'm depressed. I'm trying to move on, and I'm trying to do these things. My anxiety, my depression, whatever it is that might be inhibiting you, you recognize it. Because when you actively start to just try to do something else, and you just can't do it for whatever reason... It triggers you to say, whoa, 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 every, whoa, everything else is fine, but I can't do this. What's wrong? What, what's going on here? I was able to help my, my person, my, my loved one get through something critical and now we're okay. And I'm just going to let them do that. And I'm going to move on slowly by drawing in a coloring book, but I can't draw in the coloring book, even though it seems really easy. I just can't. Um, Allowing yourself to let go of the concern for them shifts the concern to yourself and allows you to see problems that you didn't know existed. One of the most wonderful things that I have been able to experience throughout the pandemic in 2020, being home, working every day, focusing on myself because he's able to mostly take care of himself now, is going to therapy and seeing a psychiatrist and getting on some different types of medications and realizing over months and weeks and days of taking this medication, what am I truly capable of and what do I really want out of my life? And allowing myself to make mistakes and grow and learn and do things different, taking up new hobbies. I never thought that I was a plant person before. 
And I said, you know what? I'm going to try and, and keep this one plant alive. <laughs> um, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. But refocusing that energy on yourself and the things that you can or can't do is good. <laughs> don't be afraid of it. Focus on yourself. And I, I think that's the theme of the caregiver series, really, at the end of the day, is take care of yourself by distracting yourself from things that are painful, yes, but are also good for you, right? So I can go for a walk on the beach. But then I can also try to run a half marathon or a 5K or whatever, you know? I might try to go back to work. I might try to paint a flower for 30 minutes and instead of paying attention to my loved one I'm going to pay attention to my reactions my emotions my mental fortitude if I'm hitting a block of any kind why where is it coming from why can't I do this what why can't I just do the one thing and it's okay you know to step back and say, well, crap, like this used to be so easy for me. I used to play tennis every single day. And now it's like I'm throwing a bowling ball. I can't do anything. Why is that? It's okay to uh, analyze yourself like that and reassess. Because that's how you grow as a person. So where I am today is a blessed place. It's a wonderful place. We have come so far. And it's, to me, it's all because of the one woman, the mother that I met in San Diego who said, let them take care of themselves. You have to let them. Let them try. And they're not always going to be able to get it right. And they're going to make some mistakes. They might spill a glass of water or, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Drop something in the kitchen. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. None of those things are important. It's just pick your battles, let it happen, and move on. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you in our next one.